Well, grace, peace, and mercy be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Pastor Allen and I were very excited to uh, hear that we were going to have the uh, Concordia Irvine Choir coming and being with us uh, today at all of our services. Pastor Allen and I are both alumni from Concordia University, Irvine. Uh, of course, we went there a little bit before the young individuals we had in our service today. Uh, when I went there, uh, there were not as many buildings that exist now. And when Pastor Allen went there, there were not as many books of the Bible that we have today. <laughs> As we start in our time for today, uh, I begin sharing with you a phrase. Maybe it's a phrase that you've heard before. Let them eat cake. It's a phrase that was made popular, as the story goes, by Marie Antoinette as she was able to take over as the queen from Austria, as the queen of France. She receives word that her people, especially the peasants, cannot find any food, not so much as even bread, and she exclaims to the messenger, so let them eat cake. It's a silly remark. How could individuals that could not even find a way to be able to produce or find bread be able to find a way to be able to find or produce cake? It's a saying that we have now today that explains someone who is out of touch with the common man. Maybe somebody who is out of touch with everyday life. I share that piece of imagery with you this morning because the text that you and I look over shares about a God that is anything but those things. Our God is not a God who sits on his throne looking down upon you and I, his people, only to stay out of touch from us. Only to say, I hope they will find their own forgiveness. But he's a God who comes and gives us forgiveness through his son. This morning we start a brand new series together, and it's a series that's entitled, Who Do You Say I Am?, Every week that we gather together, we're going to look at a a small video clip that's going to portray usually our gospel lesson for the day and be able to share with us what that scene or piece of scripture that we have may have looked like. And so today, you and I are going to look at the uh, scripture passage shown in the movie The Son of God from Luke chapter 5, showing the healing of the paralytic. Let's take time to look at that clip this morning. commandments of the Lord your God and his statutes which he has commanded you. You shall do what is right and what is good in sight of the Lord. So the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes. Oh, 
do a moving. How shall we picture the kingdom of God? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. The smallest seed in the world. Yet, when planted, It grows up. Rabbi! He's Sins are forgiven, my son. Did you hear that? He has forgiven his sins. I thought only God could do that. Isn't that blasphemy? He knows. It is blasphemy. Is that your wish, my friend? Well, answer me. Tell me which is easier. To say his sins are forgiven. Or say he. Get up. And walk. Son of man has authority to forgive sins. The story that we look at for today is recorded in three out of the four Gospels. We see it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Today our text comes from that Luke chapter 5 verse. It's interesting as we expand upon that and listen to the words the Lord uses to be able to describe himself both in our video clip and in our text for today. Did you hear him today? Who has the authority to forgive sins? And he uses that title, Son of Man. Son of Man. It's a title, in fact, that Jesus is referred to uh, 88 times within the New Testament. 
A couple of those scripture passages would uh, include Matthew chapter 8, verse 20. Jesus says, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Again, he says that in verse 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 8. The Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath, and so on and so on. Uh, many in our scripture passage for today and in the video clip uh, would have recognized this title as well. It's not just a title that we see within uh, New Testament. It's actually our Old Testament lesson for today. And a prophecy is in the book of Daniel we read, I looked and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. So today in our text, when Jesus refers to himself as being that Son of Man, He's making clear reference to himself, pointing back to our Old Testament lesson, that he is the Messiah, the one everyone has been waiting for. But that title, Son of Man, also shares that this this isn't only uh, God, but it's God in the flesh. Jesus is man, just like you and I. And the people, the Jews of Jesus' time, would have been looking for a Messiah to come that was man, that was human. But what they wouldn't have expected is what we see in the video. They wouldn't have expected somebody who is more than human. You see, this title of Jesus being that Son of Man declares for us that he is not out of touch in our lives. Jesus knows what it's like to work hard. Jesus knows what it's like to receive a blister upon his hand. Jesus knows what it's like to face disappointment, to experience grief, rejection, betrayal. Jesus knows what it's like to be you and to be me. What is God speaking to us in his word this morning? Let's review again this passage from Luke chapter 5, beginning at verse 17. It says, One day Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat, and they tried to take him into the house and lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd... They went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. You know, as individuals, all of us have different things that motivate us. All of us have different levels of determination. You know, for some of us carrying our paralyzed friend to Jesus this morning, we may have reached that point and saw those crowds and thought to ourselves, You know, maybe I should come back later. Maybe Jesus is too busy right now. Maybe this is something that was a bad idea to begin with. But not the men in our text for today. 
the men in our text arrive and they see this huge crowd, this traffic jam that is before them. And they shift into four-wheel drive and they climb up on top of this roof and they begin destroying the house of this poor person where Jesus is teaching at. Removing those sticks, removing that mud, removing those tiles, as it says in our text, so that they can lower their friend right in front of Jesus. Right in front of him. Imagine what that must have been like. It's amazing that it doesn't seem to bother Jesus in our text. He's there teaching, and out of nowhere this interruption occurs. But Jesus doesn't say, whoa, 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 uh, what's going on here? We're right in the middle of something. He doesn't tell his disciples to please remove the man from the premises. In fact, the man is brought to him, and he begins speaking with him. Why? You see, our God is infinitely approachable. The choir sang it for us this morning. Come to me, he says to you. Come to me. The same Jesus that we see in our text for today is the same Jesus that you and I have as our king, as our savior. The one who beckons unto you. Come to me, I understand who you are. I know what you are going through. Come to me and find that healing. Find that forgiveness. It's interesting that these men go to such trouble for their friend. What is motivating them in our text? I think the answer is found in verse 20. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. It says that these men have faith that they believe that Jesus would see them. They believe that Jesus is calling all of us as sinners unto him to be healed. They believe that Jesus is going to do something that no one else can do. These men have that faith in Christ. And even though our world may change, that certain traditions may fade, that faith that we have is the same. That Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That he will not turn away from you when you come unto him, no matter what. That he will not laugh at us for the requests that we bring to him. That he will not hold us in contempt of anything. That Jesus will not look at our past or even our present. The issues, the sins that we struggle with. That he won't hold the objections that we have against us. The obstacles that face us. That he says, come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. As Paul says in the book of Romans, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor roof nor crowd, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What obstacles do you have this morning in your life that are allowing your faith to be interrupted? Are there certain crowds that you surround yourself with, certain groups, certain things, certain individuals that block the path that you have of gaining sight to your Savior? Is there a particular ceiling that you have hit? 
a ceiling that you need to dig through. Maybe it's a ceiling of things. Maybe it's a ceiling of our own self. A ceiling of the time that we make excuses for. What is holding you back from becoming closer and closer to your Savior this morning? Because our scripture passage says that nothing can stand in our way. That we only allow these things at times to do that. To allow nothing to be in our way that we are called to discover the love that God has for us and discover the forgiveness that we can find in Christ. Imagine what that was like after the paralyzed man's friends break through the roof. They lower their friend into the presence of Jesus and he told them, friend, your sins are forgiven. The teachers of the law in our video clip speak out against Christ at that time, but in our text it specifically says that the men are thinking these things in their head. That the men are thinking, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? That only God alone can forgive sins. We pick up in verse 22. It says, Jesus knew what they were thinking, and so he asked them, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up and take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them and took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. It's often interesting as we read scripture, whether it's this passage or others that you look at in your own personal devotional time, both to see what is written for us and what is not included detail-wise. The things that people are doing and the things that these individuals we hear about in Scripture are not doing. This passage provides an example. Wouldn't you have wanted to know how the paralyzed man responds to Jesus when he says, Your sins are forgiven. We don't necessarily see it in our video. We definitely don't see a response within our Scripture passage. Did he begin to cry? Did he tell him, thank you? Was he speechless because of his gratitude? Maybe he was confused at what Jesus was saying. Maybe he thought to himself, you know, I didn't come here to have my sins forgiven. I came to have my legs healed. What was the response that he had? We don't know. We won't take time to speculate this morning. But we focus on what the word does tell us. That these men around Jesus are thinking that Jesus cannot do this. They doubt him. They don't have faith in him. The opposite of the paralytic man's friends. They doubt Jesus and so they accuse him. Who does this guy really think he is? But look what the word shares with us. That Jesus is the son of man. It's Jesus himself that shares those words with you this morning. That he knows what it's like to be you. That Jesus is also the son of God. That Jesus has come to be able to heal you. That Jesus is our savior. 
that he came to die and to rise again for you. You see, what was true in Capernaum in our text for today is also true for you and I in the city of Scottsdale today. What was true for that paralytic is also true for the paralysis that you and I suffer today. The Son of Man is able, ready, and willing to be able to heal of all things, at all times, and in all places. Do you hear his calling? Receive his healing. Discover his forgiveness. Indeed, as they said in our text for today, we have heard and seen remarkable things. Will you pray with me, please? Dear Lord, as these remarkable words center upon our lives, we ask that you will allow us to continue to see you in all things, Lord, to be able to have our faith affect others around us, that we may be able to share your Son with so many that they may experience both your healing and your forgiveness. Lord, continue to be able to drive us as a school and as a church as we move forward, not with our own mission in mind, but with the mission that you have given to us of leading people to see your Son. All these things we lift in his holy and precious name. Amen.